And now, your Sunday morning home for great music and so much more. Pacific Street Blues with your host, Omaha's Minister of the Blues, Rick Galusha. Produced by Terry Gamper. Exclusively on KIWR 89.7 The River. And you're listening to Pacific Street Blues here on KIWR 89.7 The River. With me on the telephone from Canada is Sue Foley. And uh, Sue, uh, most listeners will recognize, has played the area quite a few times, including last year uh, uh, being one of the headlining acts on the Playing With Fire concert series, along with Don Tyler Watson. Yeah. Well, you've got a busy year coming up here. I mean, uh, already this year, you've got your double CD set that you've been working on for a while. I know we talked about it last summer called Blues Guitar Women. Yeah. And then you have a companion book that comes along with it. And then you have a brand new CD as well coming out out on the rough recording label called New Used Car. Right. Keeping busy. Yeah, definitely. Uh, the, the CD is out and... Uh well, my CD, New Year's Car, is out in a few weeks, and then uh, the Blues Guitar Woman has been out for a while. It's doing really well. Okay. So we're really happy about that. Well, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about your career so people kind of know where you're coming from. If you started out, at least I became aware, down with Clifford Antones on the Antones record label. Yeah, out. I played, uh, did four albums with Antones. Okay, and that's out of uh, Austin, Texas. So you kind of, did you see what's going on in Austin? You're like, I got to go down there? Well, it was kind of like that. Um, it was it was a little more fateful than that. I really wanted to go down to Austin because the blues that I was into and I was listening to was really uh, Texas-based, you know? I was really uh-huh. into a lot of Texas sounds, like Lightning Hopkins, and I love Jimmy Vaughn and uh, Angela Australia and Luann Barton. So um, my interests were down there, and then it happened that I sent Clifford Antone a demo tape, and this is making a long story short, but I sent him a... a a demo tape back when we made tapes, cassettes, <laughs> and uh, he called me and invited me down, and I signed to the label. I mean, that's a very short version of it, but yeah, basically that was it. And then you you had a few albums, I think, on Shanaki. Shanaki, there we go. Yeah, okay. I was with Shanaki after Antones. Mm-hmm. And so you've got how many albums out altogether now? Well, New Year's Car will be my tenth. Wow. Yeah. So that's pretty good for such a young person. Well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's talk about the, the new double release called Blues Guitar Women. And I remember from our conversation last summer is that what you've been doing is going uh, around the world, basically, or at least North America, and interviewing some of the uh, prominent women whether they're electric or acoustic guitar players, mm-hmm. and asking them about their career. and Yeah, it started about four and a half years ago, and it's it's uh, the whole project is, you know, started out, it's a book that I'm working on called Guitar Woman, and I've interviewed women for the last four and a half years, and I mean, I've, I've interviewed the top women players out there. So, you know, people from Jennifer Batten to Sharon Isbin, classical rock. I've interviewed flamenco people, and uh, and of course, because I'm a blues player, I, I pretty much knew everybody on the blues circuit and got most of those interviews done as well. And then it just... This whole Blues Guitar Woman CD just kind of came out of that project. You know, it's just like a spinoff. And uh, and uh, I realized there were so many great artists and there was no CD, you know. And it just <laughs> seems crazy because you see a lot of compilations out there. Yeah. Uh, you know, you see a lot of like harmonica, blues harmonica compilations or this and that. And I thought, you know, there should be one for women blues players because we don't. And then when I started it and, you know, there was just more even than I realized, you know, because I started to discover... Uh, people like Aria Lutonen from Finland and Anna Popovich from Yugoslavia. and Everybody goes into when they're the interviewer with expectations of how it's going to go kind of thing. But do, were there any 
surprises along the way? Anything that was really memorable that stuck with you? With the book, Guitar Woman, there's been some really uh, great interviews. And I have posted uh, quotes from... Every time I do an interview, I post a quote on my Guitar Woman website. That's www.guitarwoman.com. Okay. And it's woman, W-O-M-A-N. So, yeah, there's been some really quite memorable moments. I find, you know, I've I've done a lot of interviews, so I think the interview process is pretty natural for me. And and also the subject matter is so close to my heart that I find myself just fascinated by other people's careers, you know, (laughs) and like, how did you do it, you know? And so uh, there's been some really, really good, good stuff, but that'll come out in the book, you know? What I've noticed interviewing people is a lot of times... I'm not going to ask them a question they haven't answered 8,000 times. So the, the effort is to try to get them to break out their routine mode. Exactly. And did you find it kind of weird when you're or a little bit different being on the other side of the microphone, so to speak? Yeah. And, you know, the first time I did them, I was really intimidated. And then it's been a very organic process, though, because really I just, I find, I can always find common ground. You know, even if I'm talking to a classical player or something, I can find musical stuff. I can find technical guitar player stuff. I can find stuff about just being female, about being in the business. Because I've been in it and I've, and I've done it, I've done the road, I can always find something that we have in common. And usually I find it just unro- unravels really, really nicely and into just a nice conversation, you know. And, and sometimes I get some really in-depth stuff that I'm sure other interviewers wouldn't get because they wouldn't uh, they wouldn't know because they hadn't lived it, you know. I'm compelled to ask this question and on its face, again, it's going to be kind of silly, but is it different, do you think, for women to be out on the road as opposed to men? Oh, yeah. I really do think it it is. And I'm not, this isn't to say it's any harder or better or worse. It's different. And uh, that has to do with the biology, you know? Yeah. it's it's a very simple thing and and the thing is is a lot of times a lot of the women players we hang out with a lot of guys because you know there's guys in our bands there's guys at the clubs there's guys here and you don't really always get to sit with other women players your peers and actually talk about this stuff which has been another really great thing and and that's why I think a lot of the subjects really open up to me because they're like oh yeah you know (laughs) we're like oh yeah have you done this oh god yeah you know like it's been really you know there's a lot of common ground there I'm under the impression you go out occasionally where there's two or three uh, gals on one bill. Yeah. Are you going to pursue that then? Yes. Okay. Yes. It's something I really want to pursue because, you know, I found it's been a, doing the Guitar Women shows has been really inspiring. We've done a, about three of them now. And I just find people get really inspired. It it, it brings a lot of men into the shows, but it, it does something different for a guitar show that you don't see. And it brings a lot of women in and girls and young people because they're curious. Um and uh, you don't always see that at guitar festivals and guitar shows, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's been like like a really cool thing that I never expected. But uh, because you know I've done I've done a lot of guitar conferences. This is before Guitar Woman, but I've done a lot of things on my own. And I always find that most of the guitar crowds have been like ninety percent guys. Right. But this is I think this is turning on more women. I think. I think more women are intrigued, you know, like they want to hear the stories and they want to uh, they want to see some chicks really play, too. <laughs> it's cool. Well, well, it's reminding me uh, of another gal from Canada that did a similar thing in the rock genre. Sarah right. McLaughlin. Lilith Fair. Yeah, Lilith Fair. Yeah. I was trying to think of the name. And, and so Sarah, Sarah McLaughlin. Sarah McLaughlin. Mm-hmm. There we go. Was that in your mind as you kind of as this developed? A little people, bit? No, it wasn't in my mind at all. But people have drawn that conclusion. And you know what? I think what Sarah McLaughlin did was very inspiring, too. So, you know, it, it didn't 
didn't, that's not, wasn't my inspiration behind doing the Guitar Woman book. The Guitar Woman book just came about because I started to research the subject and I realized there was no book of its kind. And not only was there no book, there wasn't really any real solid documentation on the contributions of women guitar players. I've been playing for 25 years and I've always found it in, in my travels and over the years. I always, whenever I see another woman player, I always make note of it, you know? Mm-hmm. So I know there was a lot out there. And then when I actually started researching it, I realized there was a lot out there. <laughs> Even so many more. And now people are coming to me going, you got to hear so-and-so. And, you know, I just wanted to document it, you know? And, and the tours and things that are sort of spinning off of it have been a really natural process. And I mean, because it's about music, I think there should be some CDs. And, and that's where the Blues Guitar Woman CD came about. Let's hear some music. And I, and I thought for the first hour that we're going to be together, we would take a look at traditional or acoustic maybe is I don't know. It's a traditional disc, disc yes. number two. And yes. uh, if you could tell us a little bit, it starts off with uh, Precious Bryant and yes. and uh, May Hinton. Algie and May Hinton. Which yeah. I know uh, you have their photos together on the website, right? Is yeah. Uh, remember that? And then and then your track there, Doggy Treats, which when you did it at Playing with Fire, I have to tell you, every time my dog wants a chewy chip, <laughs> I can't not stop thinking about that song. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and only in the best light, I want to add. Yeah, yeah. But but tell us a little bit. What was it like? You know, Precious Bryant and uh, and then Algie. Precious Bryant's amazing, and and I was so happy to discover her. I think her her album Fool Me Good, which came out a few years ago, is one of the best country blues albums I've heard in the last twenty years. You know, the fact that she's still alive and still playing, and and so is Algie May. But I really think you know a lot of times we think about uh, country blues artists like Memphis Minnie and that, and they're all passed away, you know, and mm-hmm. I really think it's important to pay tribute to these women while they're still alive, because it's so easy to love someone after they're dead, and they're a great hero, but, <laughs> you know, you got to give them something while they're alive. A Precious is an amazing talent, and uh, I, I got the opportunity to go meet her personally and interview her in person in Atlanta, and I also did the same with Al May. I went to her house and interviewed her. So Tim Duffy from Music Makers actually introduced me to uh, Precious and to Al May and to Etta Baker. Uh, Etta Baker's, you know, 92, going on 93, I think now. And I, I met her when she was a young 91. <laughs> we jammed a little bit at her house. And I mean, these these are amazing uh, folklore icons. It's it's also you know I hate to say a dying breed, but it's not not something you're gonna see that way forever. You know. Well, let's listen to those then off the album called Blues Guitar Women, and uh, this is off disc number two. Uh, we're gonna listen to Fool Me Good by Precious Bryant, Going Down This Road by Algie May Hinton, and then your track entitled Doggy Treat. I love my baby. Now I love my baby, I love my baby, don't you know I love my baby? If you don't love me, baby, would you fool me good? Listen, he loved me when I'm at home, you know he loved me when we go out. He loved me when I'm at home, but he knows when he treat me right. And I love my baby, well I love my baby. Yeah. 
Don't you feel me good? Listen He loved me when I'm at home You know he loved me when we go out He loved me when I'm at home But he knows when he treat me right And I love my baby Well, I love my baby I love my baby Don't you know I love my baby If you don't love me, baby Would you fool me good? He love me on a Monday You know he love me to the two He love me on a Wednesday And Thursday he sure do And I love my baby Well, I love my baby I love my baby Don't you know I love You're listening to Pacific Street Blues, established in 1989. Your home for both kinds of great music, blues and Americana. Pacific Street Blues on 89.7 The River. 
Uh, you are listening to Pacific Street Blues here on KIWR. We just heard music from Sue Foley off the album, which is entitled Blues Guitar Women, a track entitled Doggy Treats. And Sue is with us on the phone. Now, you've got a new album coming out, and it's called uh, New Used Car. Yeah. seems like last time, uh, do you have a, like a specific direction on this new record that you've taken? or? Well, the last CD was called Change, yeah. ironically, and uh, <laughs> was acoustic and live. So that was different. From anything I'd done before, and this new one is at our t- my tenth release. It's electric, more electric. Uh, it, it's hard for me to describe it because I'm not good at describing what I. I'm really happy with it. I think it's got a lot of energy, and uh, I'm really quite happy with the way it turned out. Uh, I, I know this is a famous quote: uh, writing or or in this case, talking about music is kind of like dancing about architecture. Someone says, what's it sound like? It's like, well, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Right. It's kind of hard. Right. It's kind of hard to do. But uh, so we're talking about uh, your new project, Blues Guitar uh, Women, and there's a website that you had mentioned, but I wanted to see if you could maybe mention again. You mean uh, my website, guitarwoman.com. Okay, so that's Guitar Woman. Yes, singular, because there's another one, Women, which is not mine, and I heard it's not at all like mine, so... Yeah, Guitar Woman, W-O-M-A-N. Okay. And uh, it's got, you know, every time, like I said, every time I do an interview, I post it on the site. I post um, a quote from the interview, a picture of the artist, plus a link to their website. So I'm, I'm getting a lot of information on there. Plus, uh, yeah, I think the next thing I'm going to go down is doing downloads. Really? Yeah. Okay, so I need to get caught up on my technology. Yeah, so me too. More Pacific Street Blues after these on 89.7 The River. Now back to more blues on Pacific Street Blues, 89.7, The River. Well, let's let's talk about the CD some more now. Uh, the next three artists that we're taking a look at include Rory Block, who played here a couple of years ago, and, and then Ellen... McElwain. McElwain, and mm-hmm. then Alice Stewart, who also had a uh, recently kind of re- a resurgent in her... Yeah, career. these these three are really interesting, um, interesting subjects because they all kind of came up around the same time. In fact, Alice Stewart came out before anybody else. Okay. Alice Stewart predates Bonnie Raitt. Um, Alice Stewart was in the original Mothers of Invention. You're kidding. Oh. No. Wow. She's got quite an interesting career, and she was uh, a folk artist in the early 60s and then was always playing guitar, you know, was always a guitar player, and she stopped playing professionally, I think, sometime in the 1970s to raise her children and then just resurfaced in the last, you know, six or seven years. Okay. Ellen McElwain has, has also had a career since the 70s. Ellen McElwain played with Jimi Hendrix, grew up all over the world. She was born in Japan, and she's a U.S. citizen, but she lives in Canada, and she's had a really long career as well, you know, a career that's spanning over 30 years. And as well, Rory Block has, has been around for quite a long time, you know, and I think as, you know, as far as country blues players now, I think Roy Block is pretty much the cream of the crop, I think. She's such a passionate performer. I was, I'm really inspired, especially by her live performances. I'm very inspired by her. Well, let's hear some music from these guys then. Uh, we're going to listen to uh, Rory Block first and hear the track entitled Fixin' to Die, Dead End of the Street by Ellen McElwain, and then okay. uh, Rather Be the Devil by Alice Stewart. And again, this is off the album entitled Blues Guitar Women. I'm fixing to die. I said that I don't mind dying, but I hate to lose my children. 
are listening to Pacific Street Blues. We just heard some music there from, from Alice Stewart and her track entitled Rather Be the Devil. For those that are just tuning in with me on the telephone from Canada is Sue Foley. And hello. Hello. Do you, are you able to get out and tour as often as you want to or... Yeah, I get out and tour a few times a month, okay. um, and I do I do go out on extended tours. I just got back from a three-week tour. So We're talking about your uh, brand-new compilation CD, which is called Blues Guitar Women, and the next three, uh, but we have Jesse May Hempel and a track entitled uh, Steamline Train. Mm-hmm. We have Gay... A Dig Balola. <laughs> I'm glad you said that. Along with Rory Block, right? and then Etta Baker's track entitled One Dime Blues. Were you there when they recorded their songs? Or? No, no. These are, um, these songs have all been picked off other albums. Uh, they weren't recorded specifically for this compilation. They were just gathered up. And But I, I did oversee the choosing of the material, and uh, I love the Steamline Train by Jesse May Hampill. It's great. Well, well, I get the impression from, from listening to your albums and seeing you in concert that you have a deep affection for, you know, kind of early blues. Yeah. And, and uh, I mean, where did that, is that just from listening and you kind of picked up on it? or? Yeah, I just was, you know, I was really influenced by it. I, I did a lot of homework when I was young. I was, you know, very much into studying what came before this and then what came before that and how did this become this. I was a little bit of a, a sleuth. I find that for me, my style and, and when I started to play blues, I was playing that kind of stuff, early blues. I did a lot of Memphis mini songs and stuff like that and I just always found my style suits itself to that and my voice especially. But So it's always sort of been the foundation of what I do. So you had a heck of a record collection as a, as a young and then... Well, I had a good record collection, not a big one. Okay. A very good one. A lot of times uh, musicians are inspired by uh, maybe a mom's or a dad's collection. Was that... Yes and no. I mean, my, we are a very musical family, so my father played and... My brothers all played, and I kind of, you know, I got a lot of inspiration by just what was going around, whatever kind of music. But a lot of 70s rock and roll is what I was raised on, basically. <laughs> As uh, we'd mentioned earlier, you're, like me, a big Stones fan. Yes. And I mean, that's how I found the blues. Was same here. Completely so. through the Rolling Stones. I think a lot of people of our generation started out, you know, in rock and roll. and You know, like my son is like, he likes... Green Day. And I'm like, if you well, if you like Green Day, you got to listen to the Clash. You exactly. Know? Exactly. If you like the Clash, well, you got to go back to listen to the Kinks. You know. <laughs> what? It's crazy. I'm sure world. it is. Well, let's listen to these then. Uh, as we talked about earlier, we have uh, from Jesse May Hempel. We're ain't nothing rambling. Ain't nothing in rambling. Joanne Kelly. Okay, and then we also have uh, Down the Big Road Blues with Maddie Delaney. Maddie Delaney. Okay. Yeah. And Motherless Child Blues by L.V. Thomas. Yeah, it's a beautiful song. So let's listen to some music here on Pacific Street Blues. On a new Zanna, I race now just everywhere I've been. There's people all saying, Lord, you know, ain't nothing in Ramblin', either running wrong. Well, I believe I'm married, woohoo, Lord, and settle down. I first left home, and I stopped in Tennessee. People all begging, come and stay. Lord, you know I'm nothing rambling, neither running around. Well, well, I believe I'm married. Woohoo, Lord, and settle down. I walked around with my Hallamar coat. Holy started to shoot me, thought with something I stole. Lord, you know I'm nothing rambling, neither running around. 
get a good man. Ooh, ooh, Lord, settle down. Settle down. People on the highway, walking and crying. Some is starving, some is dying. Lord, you know ain't nothing in England. He's a running round. Well, well, I believe I'm married. Woo-hoo, Lord, and settle down. Yeah, yeah, make all the Hollywood, chuck it on the screen. I'm gonna stay right here with these old charity beans. Lord, you know ain't nothing rambling, either running around. As I believe I'm married, woo-hoo, Lord, and settle down. Yes, I believe I get a good man, woo-hoo, Lord, and settle Tears and bell. 
listening to Pacific Street Blues, established in 1989. Your home for both kinds of great music, blues and Americana. Pacific Street Blues on 89.7 The River. Pacific Street Blues here on KIWR 89.7 The River. And uh, I'm sure you're aware now, but uh, Sue Foley is on the phone with me, and we're taking a look at her latest uh, double CD compilation set entitled Blues Guitar Women. But uh, the last two on this side, which is the traditional Blues Guitar Women, the second disc in the set, mm-hmm. uh, we have Gishi Wiley and yeah. Memphis Minnie. Yeah. And, and uh, as you mentioned earlier, Memphis Minnie's kind of a, uh, someone that you've really uh, appreciated over your career. 
Definitely. She's my favorite artist. I would consider her the queen of blues guitar. Wow. You know, because she's, she's the one that did it before anybody and had the the guts and the, the guts of steel to go out there in the 30s and 40s, you know, hang with all these guys and play lead guitar and chew tobacco and be a, a wild woman, you know. So, uh-huh. And she wrote her own material, you know. That was unusual for the time. I think Memphis Minnie just breaks every mold. She was a very unusual character, a very uh, strong, original person. Well, let's let's listen to those. Pay my hand through my window. 
Pacific Street Blues after these on 89.7 The River. 